Uh, my name is Trace. I'm one of the pastors. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, I'm so glad you're here. Just a few sort of uh, administrative things as we get started in the new year. A, a few changes. One is that the first Sunday of the month is Big Sunday. That's not a change. And we do sort of a potluck thing and everybody can bring and participate in some good food and fellowship. But also it's a family service. But I also know, having had little kids at once upon a time, many years ago, that it can be challenging in some settings to, to, to have kids in the, in the service. We welcome you, and the noise does not bother us. But if it bothers you or you need some extra space, we have a family room that is D1. It's the classroom. If you go to the next building over on the right, um, we're supposed to be live broadcasting in there. I'm assuming it's working. It is, so you won't miss the service. So if you want to go back there and hang out, take coffee, you're more than welcome to. You're not going to disrupt us from coming and going. Like We want to make it as accessible as possible for everybody. But we also want to be good stewards of the people that we have. We don't want to burn people out and just continue to put people in the rotation regardless of how many volunteers we have. So that's just one way that we can kind of accommodate where we are in this season. So um, the family room is available for you. Feel free, again, feel free to go out that way and participate. Okay, so here we are, New Year's Day. <clears throat> Could go a million different directions on a sermon on New Year's Day. And so um, I just want to start off by asking you, just in general, how many of you would desire or want to grow in 2023? Anybody want to mature or grow and become better in something in 2023? Okay, just... Good. Excellent. Yes. And participation from everybody is welcome for the, the, the little ones as well. If you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do that, you can take them afterwards and show them to Miss Christie, and you'll get something from the treasure box. Um, so yeah, the treasure box. Uh, feel free to do that as well. That'd be great. But where do we even start when we look at our lives? We look at kind of where we were and where we want to go. It can seem a little bit overwhelming at times. So like, how do I start to begin the process of improving in certain areas? Especially if, if some of you are like, I got to be just really crushing life across the board in order to feel like I'm doing something good. Hopefully that's not you because it's re unrealistic. Nobody is crushing it across the board every category of life. And if you are for some possible reason right now, it's just not sustainable. Like life happens and things are challenging. So to think that you got to be crushing it across the board in order to be progressing in life, just, just take that and set it off to the side and realize you can just breathe easy. Right? It's not a, an, an excuse or a license just to kind of meander through life, but just, just know life is not going to be perfect for you every step of the way. I think most of you know that, but I just want to reassure you in that. However, there are certain things that I feel like are priorities that we ought to get right. Key foundational areas that we need to discover about ourselves that really should be foundational to who we are, not only as people, but as believers. And so that comes about this time of year, right? People are looking to New Year's. How many of you are a fan of New Year's resolutions? How many of you are like, nope, never doing them? A couple of you. All right, cool. That's good. This is not a message to condemn you for doing anything. If you do New Year's resolutions and they work for you, by all means, keep doing them. Do whatever works. That's, that's not the point of the message here at all. My hope is that this message is going to focus your effort in a specific area 
of significance in our lives. A category that is spiritual health. I'm talking about spiritual health. Because I'm convinced that if every other area of your life is going well and the spiritual is lacking, trouble is around the corner. I'm also convinced, however, if your spiritual life is solid and you are healthy in that area and every other area is a struggle, you're going to be okay. And that may sound counterintuitive to some of you who have never experienced that tension of having chaos and disorder all around you, yet there's peace in that because your spiritual health is where it ought to be. If you're a Christian here today, I hope that spiritual health is very high up on the ladder in terms of priority for what that is in our lives. So spiritual health, hopefully you're asking yourself the question, what is what does that mean? What, let's, let's define that. If it's something that's important, it's got to be up there on the priority list. We should have a working definition or at least a framework to help us move in the right direction. So I'm going to hope to define that, but let me ask the Lord's help in that and pray. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you again for today, for this morning, for each one here. God, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for another year of life, Lord, as we look forward to this next 2023 and what you're going to do. Father, we do so with anticipation. We do so with expectation and hope. But Lord God, we do so also with a sense of dependence and reliance upon your Holy Spirit to bring the change. Lord, we can do all that we can in our power to organize and orchestrate and plan and, and, and goal set, Lord God. But you provide the growth within us in terms of spiritual health. So we need your help and we ask for your help. We desire it, Lord God. We want to grow. We want to mature in our faith. But sometimes, Lord, we don't know where to begin or what that might look like. So I pray that each one here this morning will walk away from this setting, Lord God, with a plan and with a desire to see growth spiritually. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, if you have questions this morning, you can text them to that number. On the screen, Mike and I will come up here at the end of service. We will answer those questions. And of course, you see here, <clears throat> the title of the sermon here is Prepare for Action. <clears throat> Prepare for Action. Okay, I gave you a promise that I would loosely define spiritual health, right? So spiritual health, what is that? Here's what I think it is. It's being established, being established in the basics of faith that allow you to thrive in the uncertainty of life. It's being able to continue walking in faith regardless of the circumstances around you. In other words, it's having those ongoing spiritual rhythms that will drive you forward as life circumstances take you up, down, and all around. Because over this last year, I'm sure you have been up, down, and all around but what is it that continues to drive us forward with consistency and faithfulness? It's those spiritual rhythms, those habits of grace that continue to mature us and help us to lean on who God is. But it doesn't happen overnight, does it? Okay. Nobody got saved and the next day was like super Christian, right? Except maybe Paul. <clears throat> But even then, that was not true because he had to go out in the wilderness and do all kinds of stuff and learn. And, and yeah, so nobody, it doesn't happen overnight. 
It's the idea, though, of being prepared for action by way of what I'll call micro-preparations. Micro-preparations is little things done over and over that over time add up to something much larger. Let me draw a parallel for you that I think will help illustrate what we're talking about here. How many baseball fans in the room? Okay, not nearly as many as I thought. That's okay. How many of you know what baseball is? Okay, let's start there. Everybody knows what baseball is. Great. All right. How many of you, though, have held a bat in a game scenario? Maybe it's not like an actual game. Maybe it's just you out on the, the street with your buds, right? Game time scenario, you've got the bat in your hand, right? Most of us. Okay. So here's a scenario. You are the designated hitter, and you are being brought up. Did I lose my microphone? Lost the battery probably. That's right. I can talk loud. So you're the designated hitter. You've been brought up, and guess what? It's the bottom of the ninth. How many outs are there? There's two outs. How many people are on base? Bases are loaded. Come on, you know the scenario. It's a typical 10-year-old. Probably, it's probably the World Series, right? Here you are, and you've been brought up to the task. You got the scenario? So you're in the batter's box. You're preparing. The pitch is about to come your way. And so you're staring down the pitcher. Here comes the windup. And man, that pitcher unloads it. And this ball's coming, hurling at you at 97 miles an hour. This is a major league setting. You take a deep breath. And with every fiber of your being, you imagine hitting the ball out of the park. You visualize making the perfect contact that will be certain to deliver victory as you send that ball out of the stadium. Now, in reality, you're standing there in the batter's box and you do only the things that I just explained. You only do those things. What's going to happen to the ball? Think about it. What did I say you were doing? Were you paying attention? You worry about the microphone, weren't you? A little bit. You visualize making the perfect swing. You imagine hitting the ball out of the park. And you only do those things, and the ball comes past you. What's going to happen to the ball? It's going to go right past you. Because all you did was imagine with everything that you had and visualize you hitting the ball. You did nothing physically. You were only simply visualizing and imagining it. You get it? Okay. No amount of willpower or good intentions will cause the bat to swing on its own. It's just not possible. Now let's adjust the scenario a little bit. The setting's still the same. You've been called up to be the designated hitter. Although this time now... You're just an absolute novice when it comes to baseball. You know about baseball. You know that there's a bat and a ball. So here you are. You've been thrust in this position. Picture it now. You're standing there again. You're holding the bat. The pitcher winds up, throws the same ball 97 miles an hour. Only this time, you actually rear back and you make every effort and you swing the ball and you swing the bat. Only this time, by the time you get the bat halfway around... The ball's already in the the catcher's glove. Like, it was coming so fast, you were like, what just happened? 
So in this scenario, you made the effort, and you just didn't visualize or imagine it happening. However, you simply didn't have the skill set to make contact with a major league pitch. I think this makes sense. Hopefully, the, the picture that I'm drawing, it's a parallel to draw your attention to the previous topic of spiritual health. Remember my definition, my quick definition, of being established in the basics of faith that allow you to thrive in the uncertainty of life. So you standing at the plate is the equivalent of you in your daily life, right? The ball coming at you is the equivalent of these daily circumstances and trials that require action on your part in order to navigate it successfully. And then you taking this wild, crazy swing with zero impact on the ball is the equivalent of not having the spiritual foundations in the basics to properly negotiate the uncertainty of life with a healthy and biblical approach. When situations arise that require you to have specific action, then the preparation for that action is what is brought to bear. Just like that professional baseball player, he has spent hours developing the basics of swing mechanics, right? Hours over and over for years and years and years. Likewise, we as believers are essentially doing the same thing over the course of days and weeks and months. We spend hours reading the word of God and learning how to apply our faith. We spend hours in prayer learning how to hear from God and discover more about who he is, responding at the right time in the right way. We call these things spiritual disciplines. A lot of us don't like that word. I get it. But spiritual disciplines... I heard somebody explain it this way, are the things that are human practices that bring us within proximity of God. Human practices that bring us within proximity of God. That's a spiritual discipline. And it's the proximity to God that allows you, by his grace, to drive you forward as life circumstances take you up, down, and all around. But it's not going to happen without those ongoing spiritual rhythms that help us and prepare us to meet God in that moment, rely on him, his word, and his people. So the heart of the message today on this New Year's Day is just that. As many of us are looking to 2023 and trying to figure out, man, where do I want to be this time next year? How do I want to improve? You've got to begin somewhere. And so what is our priority? I would offer that spiritual health begins with the word of God. Like if you're, where do I even begin on this journey? I would say we begin with the word of God. So Bible intake, Bible reading, Bible study, Bible memorization. This is the starting point. <clears throat> it's the foundation. Everything else is built on top of that. Right? The, the coming, the serving, the giving, the, the, the living it out in real life is built on the foundation of the Word of God that tells us who God is and who we are in light of everything He's done for us. So it's interesting, I was preparing the message this week, I was actually about two-thirds of the way through the message, when I listened to uh, a New Year's sermon from John Piper. And it's fascinating, I think, how God works sometimes, because everything that he said it, like dovetailed into the rest of the message. Like, I didn't intend to listen to that message. I, I just listened to it, and I was like, that's exactly what, what I'm talking about. Okay, Lord, I get it. 
So I'm, I'm taking some of the things that I heard from that and, and bringing that to play as well. But I just love how God works in that way. So the, the word of God and our grasp of it is front and center. That's what we're talking about right now. Not only, though, that we grasp it, but we have an appetite for it. We have a dependence upon it, and we have the proper application of it. So John Piper told his congregation to beat a path to the Word of God. How many hikers out there? Any hikers? couple, two, three? Okay. Any of you ever had to trailblaze before? Right? It's a good time, isn't it? It's a lot of work. Right? You're literally just hacking away at brush and limbs and trees and all kinds of stuff because there's no trail there. You're making the trail as you go. That's the idea behind beating a path to the Word of God. You're fighting against all the distractions of life, all the excuses that we come up with, and you're continuing just to beat a path to the Word of God. It takes daily effort to forge that path. But when do we do this? We beat a path to the Word of God in the light of day, over and over and over again, so that when darkness comes, we can make our way to the Word without the light. Right? If we're trying to figure and scramble when, the, when it's panic time, when life circumstances are, are right now, going to the Word of God is going to be very difficult. But if you, on the daily, when life is steady, right, we're in the light, and you're just Beating that path over it's familiar, it's well-worn. You know where it is. When the darkness of this world invades and you're like, what's happening? Your feet are familiar. You know the pathways to the word of God. This is the beginning of spiritual health. Being established in the basics of faith that allow you to thrive in uncertainty. Because uncertainty comes, does it not? Yes, it does. Trials come. Difficulty comes. And what we do in the in-between is directly related to our experience in the midst. And I'm look, I'm not, I'm not naive in thinking that, bringing back to the baseball parallel, that every time we step up to the plate, it's a home run. Like, oh, circumstances are difficult? Word of God, home run, yeah. Not every at-bat is even a, a base hit. Sometimes you're at the plate and all you can do is defend the plate. You know what that means? The balls are coming at you. You're not, you're not hitting home runs or, or base hits. You're just fouling it back. You're, you're, you're staying alive. You're not striking out, but you're, the ball's not going where it's supposed to go. But you're not striking out. You're making contact, right? Sometimes when you're in the batter's box and the ball comes at you, you get hit by the ball, right? You get knocked over. I get it. There's a variety of experiences that you can have in life. But the rate of success in the batter's box is directly related to the amount of time invested in the foundational techniques and principles involved in living out this life. And we find it right here. Okay, I want to show you an example from the Bible of this in action because it's not just about knowing the Word of God. Many of you here today know the Word of God. There's, I bet you most of you could give me a couple of scriptures that you know. But it's not enough. It's like having some antivirus software on your computer and then relying upon that to protect your, your computer from viruses, but you don't have it up and running. You just got it on your computer. That's silly, right? It's not going to do its job 
until it's actually employed properly. It's more than knowing. Uh, go with me to Psalm 77, if you would. Psalm 77. Just a, a little example here of what this looks like. So the psalmist here in Psalm 77, he's having some challenges, I think. Let's read. Um, we're going to start in verse 7, Psalm 77. Verse 7. He says, Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Well, it seems like everything's going good for this guy, right? No, this guy is hurting, man. He's desperate. He's questioning who God is. Has he, has he abandoned me? Has he given up? Like, does he even care about me? Many of you have been in his shoes, right? You've asked these questions. And if you haven't been in those shoes, you will be at some point. I guarantee it. So things are bad for this guy. Now I want you to skip down to verse 13. Verse 13. Same guy. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You are with, sorry, you with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the water saw you, O God, when the water saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled, the clouds poured out water, the skies gave forth thunder, your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind, your lightnings light up the world, the earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Same guy. Completely different response to what's happening here. New outlook. He goes on the brink, from being on the brink of just sort of breaking down to the heights of praise and celebration. So what happened in between? Well, let's go back then and pick up in verses 11 and 12. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. The psalmist, he goes to the stories of God. The words recorded about who God is, what he has done, and what he's capable of. In this case, he's reminded of God bringing Israel through the Red Sea. But he doesn't just read it and move on, does he? No, he remembers, he ponders, and he meditates. So the words used here in that original language indicate intentional action and they are labor-intensive. Labor-intensive. There's nothing casual, nothing passive about, what was that story again about God and, and the water or something happened? Oh yeah, he, he did that. There's nothing casual about it. This is where we begin to grow in our spiritual health, in how we encounter the Word of God. Reading it is where we start. Like If you're not reading it, we got to start with reading it. But if we read and then set it down and not let it impact our lives and have it its intended work in us, then we need to go further. James talks about that, right? 
The one who reads the word and walks away is like what? The guy who looks at himself in a mirror and then forgets what he looks like. <laughs> like that's the equivalent. Like, okay, here's the word of God. It's wonderful. Okay, then I walk away and I set it down and it has zero impact on me. We've got to go further than that. Remember, ponder, meditate. I think we know what it is to remember. We recall things that we've read in the scripture. Easy enough. But sometimes it can begin tough to remember things when life is hectic. I mentioned that earlier. Especially if our previous encounter with the word of God was casual. And you're in the storms of life and you're trying with desperate, desperate need to remember what did the word say? What did it say? Life is happening. Tragedy is struck. You've lost your job. You can't pay your bills. Things are piling up and you're just like... What did the word of God say? I can't remember because our experience was casual, was brief. It did not take root in us. That's where the word ponder and the word meditate come in. Ponder means to think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. So we read a passage of the scripture, then we think about what it means. What is God trying to say to me through that particular passage? We can ask ourselves these questions, right? We don't need somebody to lead us or hold our hand and go, this is what the Bible's saying right now. You, you can read it. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is our teacher. It brings enlightenment to us. So we can ask these questions and we can hear from the Lord. How am I supposed to respond to what I just read? In a way that will assist me in growing in my dependence and in my walking out of my faith. And then we look at word meditate. The word meditate. This is where it goes a little bit further, a little deeper in the process. It is to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time. So here's where we interact with the word and let it just marinate in our hearts and minds. How many of you guys like to barbecue or grill or smoke things? How many of you like to eat barbecue grilled meat, right? Okay, when you marinate meat, if you just throw it in a Ziploc for five minutes and then throw it on the grill, how much taste is there really going to be? Zero. Zero, right? I mean, come on, maybe a little bit of surface. You're like, you get a little bit of flavor and then you start chewing and it's going. You're like, what happened? That was a waste. Now you want to marinate that thing for like 36 hours, right? It's got to penetrate deep in there. And then when you slice that bad boy up and you eat it, it's like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. The word of God is like that. It needs to penetrate our hearts, but we have to sit with it and meditate on it and let it absorb into us by asking those questions and reading and considering and thinking to the point of even memorization. You're sitting with the word for so long takes practice, my friends. It really does. So don't get frustrated if this isn't like, I sit down tonight and I'm like, oh, I sit with that word for like five hours and it's just, I have, come on, let's be serious. Let's be real about what life is all about. But this is what it looks like to take those small steps forward. All right, five minutes over the course of three, four weeks, three, four months, adds up to hours and hours and hours. we got to put in the work of spiritual development so that the word clings to us and we cling to the word. So I think if we look back at Psalm 77, we can infer 
that this was not the first time the psalmist interacted with the Word of God. This wasn't his first rodeo, as they say, right? He had spent time beating a path to the Word of God. And even though it took him a moment to remember what it said, because he was, remember those first couple of verses, like, where's God? He's abandoned me. Have you forgot all your promises? And then it was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I remember. I remember what I read. I remember what I heard from my fathers and their fathers. No, this is who God is. He, as soon as his eyes were back on the target, I'll say triumph came quickly for him. He was reminded of God. The psalmist was in the batter's box of life and the pitches were coming crazy and hard and fast. But he went to his training. The basics of spiritual health. And he applied what he had spent time developing and he swung for the fences. So I want to just ask you, what is your next faith step of action in the coming year? If you want to show up in 2023 and you want to be prepared for action, what does that look like for you? Specifically around the Word of God. When I prayed to open the service, or this portion anyway, I would mentioned the idea of every one of us leaving here with a tangible step toward growing in this spiritual health, starting with the Word of God. And that's my heart still. I don't want anybody to leave here just going, oh, what I've done in the past has worked. Because what has gotten you here won't get you there. Right? It will continue to keep you where you are, but it won't get you to where you want to be spiritually. So here's what I have to offer. I'm always looking for ways to help myself because I have tendencies to be lazy and do all the things and make excuses. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll start tomorrow. This isn't a resolution thing. This isn't a goal thing. This is a, do you want to be invited into a 31-day investment? Here's what it looks like. It's one scripture, one to two verses, where sometime during the day, you write down the scripture verbatim, and then you rewrite it in your own words. And by rewriting it in your own words, you're interacting with it. You're having to kind of think about it. You're asking yourself some questions about it. There's some aspects of pondering and meditation there. And then you take a picture of that, and you upload it to the group of us that are going to do it together. So there's some accountability to it. And it's going to be in band, which is our, whatever, communication app on a smartphone or a computer. And if you don't know what that is, I am, I'm happy to show you what it is. But I've got, it's already in there. I've already got the chat lined up. I got the document, 31 days, 31 scriptures. So if you're looking for a way to like, hey, I don't even know where to start. Help me to develop this skill. This is an invitation to you. There's no pressure, right? If you, you're like, I'm good. I already got my own plan. Fantastic. Please continue to do that. But if you're one of those people who's like, I just need some extra help getting into gear, I invite you to join me in that. And if you want to join me in that, come talk to me after service, and I will add you right there to the chat, and you will see the document, and you will see it all right there. It'll be super easy. Super easy to get you started. Anyway, the rest is up to you. As you beat a path to the Word of God, this is one way for you to do that, okay? 
If that's not your thing, I would ask that you prayerfully consider what is your thing this year to grow in your understanding of the Word of God, your reliance upon the Word of God, and your trust and understanding of this. So, would you pray with me? Jesus, we, we come before you and are so grateful for the fact that we have your Word. God, you've given us all that we need in order to live this life in a way that's pleasing to you. And ultimately, that's our desire, Lord God, is to walk this life as ambassadors, Lord, as your representatives in, in ways, God, that bring you glory. Your word, Lord, it tells us that if we love you, we'll keep your commandments. One of your commandments is to, to know you and to make you known and to be out there living out our lives in ways that bring people to an understanding of who you are. God, we can't share who you are if we're not convinced ourselves of who you are. And this Bible you've given us is chock full of examples, of stories, of evidences of who you are. Evidence of your grace, your mercy, your love, your forgiveness, your work on the cross for us. So Lord, I do pray that each one of us here again today, our appetite increases for your word. Lord, the more that we are in the word, the more that we desire it, and the more we see the benefit of having the word right there. Your word says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, help us to store up the word in our hearts. Use it, apply it, share it, live it out. But we need your help. We ask for it. We thank you. Praise you, Jesus. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.